You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening, everybody. Robert Carrillo here at the Metro Vision Studios, and our studios are getting awesome. I mean, it's incredible what's going on around here. Uh, we're, we've got quite a production. Um, it's good to be together with you. It's good to be seen. I wish I could see you guys, but I can imagine you in my mind. Um, just great to be here. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for the many prayers uh, that so many of you have been praying for Michelle and I. Uh, many of you know that uh, Michelle's father passed away last week, and it's been a very difficult week. Um, we've been going back and forth to where her father lived in Hesperia. And, uh, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for the prayers. Thank you for the flowers and the, and, and the food and, and just how much you've taken care of us. It's great to be part of God's family and it's great to be in the kingdom of God, especially in times of suffering. And, and we're just very grateful. Thank you guys. We love you guys. Um, uh, Reese is traveling. So I'm substitute teacher tonight. Um, I'm excited about what we're going to study. We're studying the one another way or discipling relationships or the, you know, I'm not sure. I, I honestly, I forgot what Reese called the, the series, but I know what it's about because he and I talked a lot about this, about, about the relationships that we need to help us make it as I've, I'm doing a little quick review and then we'll jump right on in. Um, you know, we, we talked about months ago about the life journey of a disciple. You know, you get baptized, you get training, you get learning, you, Satan comes after you, you develop relationships, you have hard times, you have good times, you hopefully become part of a unit, part of a Bible talk. And, and all the while you're being transformed more and more into the likeness of Jesus and learning to be stronger and stronger. So Lord willing, at the very end, you are uh, uh, welcomed by Jesus and you get to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, I also talk, have talked about in the past about the, the, the steps of spiritual development, uh, the justification, which is what Jesus did, paying our price for sins. Salvation is when we repent and turn and get baptized, uh, put our faith in Jesus and be, and get baptized. Sanctification is the process of becoming more and more like Christ growing spiritually and then glorification is the final step and that's when we die and we rise up to meet Jesus it's that sanctification uh, step that's the t- the tough one because you know usually people they range from one day to a year to become a christian um and uh and then the sanctification part the life of a christian that can be anything from a few years to 67 years Michelle's on her 40th year. I'm on my 38th year of being a Christian. And it's quite a process. You know, Ephesians 1, 4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You know, and that holiness or sanctification is a lot of what discipleship is about. Um, also, we talked about before the spiritual development timeline, you know, it's from chaos to conformity to questions to convictions to completion. And the chaos is before somebody's a Christian, they don't have really a set of beliefs and kind of go with whatever sounds good to them. And people make up their own religion, basically. Um, they don't get any input and everybody does as they see fit. 
Conformity is, is when we become Christians and we're imitating, we're learning, we're growing, and we've got a lot to learn. So conformity, it isn't always bad. I mean, a lot of times we use the word conformity as something bad. Oh, you're just a conformist or, or, you know, you're just always conforming to everybody. At the, in the early stages, it's really important. You know, when somebody goes to kindergarten and go to first grade, they have to learn how to sit in a chair. They got to learn to raise their hand. They got to learn how to stand in line. They have to learn how to wait their turn. They learn to conform to the group. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Same thing when somebody spiritually becomes a Christian. They learn to conform to the group, to adopt the culture of the group, because that's what's going to help them make it. Now, as we grow, we also grow in questions. And we start to question things, and we wonder about things. And and it's 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 what's considered spiritual adolescence, you know. And and as any ask any parent of a preteen or a teen, you know, that they hit that point where they start questioning everything. Why do I have to do what you say? Why do I got to do this? Why do I have to do that? And it's part of growing and learning. It's the toughest part, honestly. Uh, ask any parent of a young teen. It's it's the toughest part when they start questioning your authority, questioning why we do this and why we do that and why aren't we doing this and why do I have to do this and and so and that happens spiritually too. That's the tough period. That's the period where a lot of people don't make it through that period. And and typically because because we're not well grounded and we don't have necessarily question answers to all the questions and sometimes because people get impatient and you know well it's the old do it because I say so and that just doesn't work for adults <laughs> uh, we've got to have reasons or we have to at least to have a reason why we're gonna wait for the answers there are many things in my spiritual development that I figured out years later years after I came up with questions why is this why does the church do that and why why does the church need to do that Things I didn't understand for years, but by faith, I hung in there, kept obeying, kept, kept, you know, faithful to the group. And then later on, it'd be like, oh, that's why. Okay. Now I get it. Now I see why. So that's a tough period, but it's a good period because it deepens our convictions. And there's a shift from what do we believe to this is what I believe. And, and we work and we come out of that in the next phase, which is conviction, where it's not I do something because that's what my church believes. It's I do something because that's what I believe. It's my conviction. So whether the church is around or not, whether other disciples or not are around, I do what's right because it's my conviction. That's spiritual maturity. And then, of course, the last stage is the victory when we die and we go on to meet Jesus. That's the completion. Um but all those steps, we need help. The conformity, especially the questioning stages and the conviction. And they don't happen one, two, three. They overlap. And sometimes we go into questioning when we're older. We come back and we have to work around it. And, and, uh, and it just, the only way that anybody makes it from chaos to completion, from, from nothing to victory is with a lot of grace, a lot of mercy, a lot of kindness. And especially a lot of love because love covers a multitude of sins. What it is not is it's not, uh, people lording it over each other. It's not policing. It's not discipleship isn't spiritual parole officer. It isn't, uh, policing people's spirituality. It isn't controlling people. It's not manipulating people to do things. It's not guilting or shaming or burdening or judging or controlling in any way. Those are shortcuts that people fall into in discipling. 
they fall into those things and that's bad. Those things have to be repented of. And we've all had experience with that. We've most likely, if you've been a Christian more than about 15 minutes, you've either experienced it from somebody or you've done it to somebody, you know, where you just wanted somebody to do it because it was expedient to just say, hey, just do it, you know, without explaining, without helping people to grow in their understanding. But that's, this is, this is the trap we avoid, right? Um, you know, the journey from, Baptism to salvation, it's by no means a straight line. There's ups and downs, there's challenges, there's curves, there's times where we see straight ahead, there's times where we don't know what's coming up. And there's times where we understand and we're comfortable, and then there's times where we don't understand and we're uncomfortable. You know, people think that growth is this straight line that you're just going to keep getting stronger and stronger, and it's not. Uh, because li- everything's changing all the time. Life is changing. The church is changing. I'm changing. Uh, the world's changing. People are changing. You know, our families, our marriages, our, our kids, everything is in flux. So, so we have to always be growing and adapting. And that's really what discipleship is all, uh, is, is all about is, is being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So that we can handle all the things that we come across in life. Um, I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into the image, into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. This is awesome. This is what happens in a Christian's life. At least this is what should happen. Okay. Because some people... I mean, just because somebody's been around a long time doesn't mean they're maturing. There are some people that just become old Christians, and that's not a good thing. What we what we should be becoming is more and more like Jesus. We should be maturing. We should be like wine that gets finer with time, not like, you know, uh, 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 an old uh, jug of orange juice that after about two weeks, it's putrid and it's horrible, you know. We should be becoming finer and becoming more and more, bottom line, transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So with every year that we grow, every year that we're here, we should be more patient, more kind, more joyful, more self-control, more as time goes by. And, and, and of course, some areas we're going to grow in more than others. Some areas are our strengths. Some areas are our weakness. Some areas we just need to hang in there and not fall into sin. Other areas we should thrive and flourish and be great examples in. There's four tools that God gives us. We've, and this is still our review that God gave us. Um, this is, we, we heard this before. This has been preached on Sundays. Um, the four tools that God gives us is he, prayer, and a lot happens in prayer. That's what, something we don't understand a lot of times, because not all of it's obvious, but prayer is fantastic. And, and there's lots of different ways to pray. We're going to be doing some classes on prayer, because, you know, there's a reason the apostles asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Because Jesus ex- expressed and exhibited all kinds of prayers. And things that they had not, they weren't used to. They were used to more the, the standard traditional prayer and that's already written out that, you know, memorized. And, and there's lots of different prayers that Jesus prayed that really called them higher and they wanted to learn to pray like him. And, and a lot happens in prayer, but this is not a prayer class. Number two, the Holy Spirit. 
you know, a lot of us just, we, we've never really been taught. We don't really know a lot about Holy Spirit. And we're kind of scared of him because we don't know who he is and what he does. And, and we're going to do some classes on the Holy Spirit. So we'll, we'll get more comfortable and learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit and learn more, better how to be guided by it and know how the difference between how to tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and, you know, a bad ham and egg sandwich that is upsetting our stomach. Um, number three, the scriptures. Obviously, huge help in guiding us along. And then number four, and this is what this class is about, is one another. Um, there's there's over 50 scriptures about the one another way, and which is another way of calling discipleship. Really, what we call discipleship is the one another way. The, the, the technical definition of discipleship is how we follow Jesus and our ability to follow Jesus. When we usually say, um, discipleship, we usually mean more than one another way. The true definition of it is our ability to follow Jesus, how we follow Jesus, how we're doing in that. And the one another way is just help in that. It's, it's people helping. It's like, I have the call from God, from Jesus to become like him, right? To imitate him and everything, to be an example of Jesus. What the Lord provides for me is power in prayer, the Holy Spirit scripture, and people around me to help me do that. So that's a really good thing. That's a blessing. Um, I'm going to introduce a new idea here, the dojo of Jesus. Um, I'm stealing this idea from uh, a guy who's been, written a lot of books about discipleship that really, um, if you know what a dojo is, a dojo is where you go and learn karate, right? You go and learn it there and Jesus' school of discipleship, his discipleship was really a lot more about what to do, not, and what to be, not what to know. Typically, we learn about Christianity, we learn about Jesus by reading, by studying, we, and, and, and by somebody teaching, and that's good, but it's not a classroom. Jesus' discipleship was not in a classroom. He didn't have all the 12 apostles go register for the school of discipleship. He, it's, it's much more doing what he did, learning. If you ever taken martial arts, you know, you have to learn how to put your hands. You have to learn how to move. You have to learn how to walk. You even have to learn how to breathe. You have to learn all the basics. And if you really get advanced stuff, you learn all kinds of really cool stuff. But the, of, of how you are, even how to think. And, and how to walk through life. Well, that's what Jesus taught. How to be, what to think, how to feel, how to walk through life, how to handle situations, what to do, what to not do, but mostly who to be and, and in all situations. So, um, this, these classes consider them more the dojo of Jesus, of Jesus, because we're going to talk about how to be, what to do, but really the one another way doesn't happen in this class. I mean, you get a lot of great information here, but it's what we do out there when we go to work or when we go to our living room to work and you know, the, everybody else is in the house too, and how we handle that and what we do with that. And I know a lot of us are getting challenged right now with just being stuck together so much. And then some of us are getting challenged the other way that we just miss people, you know, that we don't get to see people. And either way, the all, all challenges are good if they help us to grow and to become more like Jesus. And, and that's what this is all about. So the three relationships that, 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 um, 
Reese talked about last week. He did a great job introducing this, talking about the mentor relationship. Uh, but he said we'd be talking about the partner or peer relationship, the student, or as I like to refer to the Padawan relationship, where we are helping somebody to grow in the Lord and teaching everything we've been taught. So the first one Reese talked about last week, and uh, that's a very important one, the mentor relationship. Everybody has to have mentors. Nobody comes to Jesus by themselves. Nobody gets to heaven by themselves. It just doesn't happen. Jesus said that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. We all need each other. And mentorship especially is very needed. At what point do you no longer need a mentor? Really, the wise person always has mentors. Always. I, I have people I talk to. I, you know, I have friends all over the kingdom I speak to. Some that are older and mentor relationships. Some that are my, more my age and my peers, my partners. And then there's always a lot of people that I'm teaching constantly, giving what I have received. Um, so the mentor one, I just want to say this about the mentor relationship is in the early stages of Christian, of being a Christian, their life and death. I mean, an early Christian, I think what happens sometimes, especially when we hit that questioning phase, we, 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 we all of a sudden become anti-conformist and, oh, you do that just because everybody else does that. And, you know, church just expects everybody to be like them, you know? Well, yes, that's true because we're all trying to be like Jesus. It's not that we expect anybody to be like us is we expect the whole church to be like Jesus. That's an important distinction because when we start trying to make everybody like us, then we're blowing it. And that has happened. And, and we slipped into that. We slipped into that from time to time. We've got to make sure that we are calling everyone to Jesus, not to ourselves. Now, in a sense, Paul did say, follow me as I follow Christ. But that as I follow Christ is very important. Sometimes we don't know what Jesus would do, but we know somebody very spiritual and they're doing what Jesus would do. Boom, we can follow them. We can imitate them. We can learn from them. We're not trying to become them. We're trying to become Jesus, but we can learn from each other. So that's a very important. I don't want that uh, diminished because we have a lot of older Christians and older Christians need to remember, especially that younger Christians especially need that. But even as older Christians, all of us, no matter what age you are, we, we come into different situations that challenge us. You know, I remember when, you know, when Michelle and I started having babies and, oh my gosh, how do we live with babies and how do we do ministry and how do we live a committed life when we've got two little kids? And then we had a third one. It was like, but then they started growing up and they become elementary school kids and, oh boy, how do you get all the time you need with them and juggle your schedule? And, and then they start playing sports and then how do you do this and that? And, and we needed somebody to help us with that. And then, oh my gosh, they start, you know, becoming teens and questioning everything and, and, they got more complicated lives in their own schedules and we had to have somebody teach us how to do that. And then we thought, okay, when they all graduate, then it'll get easy, right? Wrong. Because then they become adults and they have adult problems and adult challenges. And, and those, those challenges are every bit as big as ours. And, and whoa, how do you help an adult? You, how do you support them? How do you love them? How do you be there with them without treating them like kids? And so every stage of life, we're learning constantly or we should be learning constantly. So we always need some mentors, somebody who's dealt with this problem before, right? Now, I know my class is on partners, but I wanted to say that. So partners, let me let me say this about partners, because um, I think this is really important, partners and peers. Most of your life, that's who you're going to hang with. 
most of your Christian life, those are the key relationships. Because that's who you're walking with, you're living with, you're going through life with, and it becomes very important. In Philemon 1.6, it says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we have, we share for the sake of Christ. You know, Paul prayed that he'd really understand the partnership that they have. I mean, God even calls us partners. I mean, we're, we're partners in building up the kingdom of God. We're partners in, in, in church building. We're partners in the gospel. We're all partners in some levels and, and, so what's a partner? A partner is somebody who's more or less where you're at that you talk to regularly, that you get with regularly, that you pray with, that you hang out with. I pray with Doug, with Doug, um, every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Doug Weber and I, we pray together. We pray for each other. We pray for the church and, and then we talk. Then we have another time where we talk about how we're doing and what's going on in our life and and we encourage one another we help each other and there are some things that he's able to help me with and he's farther advanced than I am and then I'm more of a ministry guy and there's some things I can help him with ministry questions but we help each other and and um and we very much respect each other and we don't worry about who's ahead of who and you know Reese said that you know he considers me a more mentor and I am in one sense older and more uh, been in the ministry longer, but we're also partners as well. Um, another huge role of a partner is encouragement. He says in First uh, Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. You know, I love this because it's something they were doing, but he wants them to keep doing it. He wants to encourage them to, to keep on encouraging each other. And we need that. You know, the... Guys, the world is tough out there. We know that, right? We get beat down out there. We get discouraged out there. We get criticized out there. And, and especially if you're trying to be like Jesus, you're getting pushed back. You're getting criticized. You're getting undermined constantly. We need to be able to come home to the kingdom of God and be encouraged by each other, not just criticized by each other. We need, we need to be able to come home and somebody lifts up our arms and tell us, good job. You know, you, you did your best and don't worry about what that person said. And you know what? I think you're awesome. You know, we need that. We've got to build each other up and, and keep doing that. And I think that that's one of the things we've lost a lot. We've lost in our fellowship. We used to encourage each other a lot more. We need to get back to that. And we have this wonderful thing called texting now, you know, where, where, you know, we can, we can text each other scriptures and we're not doing it enough. We're not sending each other scriptures. We should be. You should have a list of about 10 really encouraging scriptures that we can be sending each other and helping each other during the day. You know, God sent us a text. Here they are. He sent us an old one and a new one, you know, and it's a long one and, and it's super encouraging. We ought to be sending some of those to each other and, and building each other up in, in uh, Hebrews, not hey, Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, we, we should be how often daily, 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 all of us should be sending each other texts, dropping a line, mailing a card helping one another. I love it. I see the teens doing it. I see the teens doing it a lot because I get 
cards in the mail to Karina and she's always mailing things to people and, and they're encouraging each other. Are we doing that? We need to be doing that. We need it. I mean, the world is, is just oppressive right now. I mean, if it's not burning up, it's getting flooded, it's getting rained on, it's getting, I mean, the world is just getting pounded. And then the political tensions are just, they're off the chart right now. And then the fear of COVID-19 and it's going the wrong way all over the world and things are closing. I mean, there's just a lot of tension in the world right now. We need to be encouraging each other daily. And, and he says, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, there are people that are, are, are getting afraid and fear is the opposite of faith for a Christian. We got to watch that. We got to help each other not be afraid. There are people that are getting hard because of all the political junk out there. We got to watch that. Don't let your heart get hardened. Don't let your brother's heart get hardened. Don't let your sister's heart get hardened. We got to keep each other focused on what? Jesus, right? On Jesus. Uh, confession, that's a big part of partnership in the gospel. Uh, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know that we, we've got to be active sharing our faith. First John 3 tells us that if we claim to be without sin, then we're liars and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he forgives us. That's first John one. Okay. So then here he tells us if we confess our sins to who? To each other, to each other, not just to God, to each other. Uh, when's the last time you confess your sins? When's the last time you did when, you know, when the last time you did something that you felt wrong, that you know you did wrong? Did you tell anybody about it? Did you share that? Did you get help with it? This, this is not just for super Christians. This is for anybody who's a disciple of Jesus. If you follow Jesus, we got to be doing this because it keeps our hearts pure. It keeps our hearts clean. We got to be honest about where we're at and getting help. And the wonderful thing is, is that you'll be healed. That's an interesting way he puts it. You'll be healed, you know, because when we get loaded down with sin, it makes us feel horrible and it affects us in a lot of ways. We don't even know stress being one of the principal ones, but uh, James five sixteen. Confess your sins. We've got to love each other. Okay. That one's huge, right? That one's, I can't talk enough about this one. This one is huge. How much do we love each other? I mean, Jesus said the world would know that we're his disciples if we love each other. And he said, a new command I give you, right? Love one another. He didn't use the word neo, which is the t- typical Greek word for something brand new. He used the word kainos, which means it's something that's been upgraded, something that's been improved and made like new. And what was upgraded? He said, as I have loved you, so you must love each other. He set an example for us of commitment. He, he, he spent all his time devoted to the apostles. He went to the cross for them. He was beaten. He was crucified for us. And, and he showed us that example of love. How committed do we need to be to each other? Totally committed. He said, this, this, this is how we'd show the world. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. First Peter three, three, eight. I mean, we've got to be like this, guys. We're not there. That means we've got to change 
how we do our Christianity. This is what we got to work on in the dojo of Jesus is practicing loving one another, checking, call each other, encourage one another. This is, you know, the, the challenge of not being able to meet together. It really is a good challenge for us. It's making us think of how to stay connected. It's making us think about how to, I mean, usually you just see somebody at church and you give them a hug and say, hey, I love you, miss you, whatever, you know, to encourage them. We're, we're not seeing each other at church. So we've got to figure out ways to keep encouraging each other. And, and, and I'm telling you, there's way too many people in our church sitting around lonely, feeling like they've got no friendships. Here's my challenge is, is, is be giving every day. Every day, whether you're encouraging, whether you're showing sympathy, whether you're showing compassion, you know, we, Michelle and I have been very loved, especially these last couple of weeks, as it's been a very difficult time with Michelle's father dying. And I know a, a lot of people around us have gone through either the exact same thing or very similar things. I hope that everybody's being as loved. I know that we're leaders, so everybody knows us and everybody sees us and they think about us and, you know, leadership pays a high price, the stress, the, the, the burden of leadership, but also has its rewards that you got a lot of people praying for you and you got a lot of people appreciating. And that's good. It balances out, believe me. But I hope and I pray that everybody in our region be loved like that. Everybody have that experience. And I know it's not happening with everybody. So we need to repent there and really be compassionate, really be sympathetic and really love one another. So I'm not saying love us less. Okay. Let's make that clear. Let's just all love each other more. Amen. Uh, he says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. One of the reasons we we're, we're oftentimes not active loving each other is because we have things against each other. Oh, that sister hurt my feelings one time. Oh, that brother hurt my feelings. You know, I'm avoiding him. I'm not going to talk to her in fellowship. I'm not calling her up. And you know what happens 15, 20 years down the road? You got a lot of people like that. If you just had one sister that you wrote off every year and one brother you wrote off every year, after about 20 years, that's a lot of people around you that you wrote off and you don't talk to anymore. We can't do that. We have to forgive each other. We have to reconcile. And, and, and the only way to do that is in humility, not, Hey, sister, let me get straight with you. I'm going to lo- unload all my attitudes towards you. That's not what he's talking about. It's let me apologize for not being what I should have been. That's what he's talking about. You know, being humble and reconciling and forgiving. We got to be as Christians. We should be so good at forgiving each other. We should be so good at loving one another. I mean, forgiveness, are you kidding me? It's required. It's necessary. Ask any married couple. They have to learn how to forgive each other. Marriages that are lousy, that they fight all the time. I can tell you right now, they got a, they have a buildup of issues that they've never resolved. They've never forgiven each other. So any little stupid thing will just set off another fight. You know, and, and that's what happens even in the fellowship. But we as Christians who have been forgiven of much, right? We should be really good at forgiving one another. Amen. So forgiveness, be kind and compassionate to another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you, right? There's the example. God forgave us in Jesus. We can forgive each other, right? I don't know anybody that's been crucified by a brother or sister. I don't know anybody that's been beaten with balls, with chains and or whips with bone and metal. And now I will say this, 
Sometimes there are things where somebody really abused somebody. And, and, and we have to get help with that because that can cause trauma and mental and emotional anguish and those kind of things we do need to get help with. But, uh, but, but most of the stuff in our fellowship is just, eh, that person hurt my feelings. Oh, I don't like the way that person said that. Uh, that, that's not the kind of person I like to hang out with. And that kind of stuff, it just needs to be forgiven and moved on and, and dealt with. And, because we need to be great at loving each other. Why? Because those are the greatest commands, right? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You know, the, the, the Bible's a big book. I mean, look at how big this thing is. And look at how many pages it has. Tons. He says, everything in this hangs on those two commands. That means everything, everything depends on these two commands, that we love each other and that we love God. And this is where we need to be so good at this. This is what partners do. We help each other, partners in the gospel, partners in faith, partners in, in the spirit. We help one another and 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 we're there for each other, we hold each other's arms up to encourage each other, but we also help each other to love the fellowship, to love each other, yes, but also to love one another in the church. And then, of course, the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. You know, that that the other partnership we have is just helping each other bear fruit. You know, Jesus sent them out in twos, right? Two by two, they went out preaching the gospel. We need partners in the gospel. Paul talks about us being his partners in the gospel, that, that we help each other to bear fruit, help each other to show people Jesus. And, and some of us haven't borne fruit in a very long time. And we have to pay heed to Jesus' warnings about not being fruitful, not because he wants us to br- produce a lot. It's because what it shows, it shows that we're following Jesus. When we're not bearing fruit, it shows that we're not following Jesus. So we need to help each other with these other things and the fruit will come. If we're helping each other be loving, be kind, be giving, serve one another, because, you know, I don't even have time to go through all the one another scriptures, but if we're helping each other put those into practice, we're going to bear fruit. That's going to happen. Jesus said, you know, a good tree bears good fruit. It's just going to happen. So we, we've got to help each other with this. If, if, if you haven't borne fruit in a long time, then you need to partner up with somebody and say, look, help me to bear fruit because man, I'm, I'm a dead end Christian right now. I haven't, I haven't helped anybody become a Christian. Okay. Let's repent. Let's get out there. Let's find some. Trust me, especially right now. There are a lot of people searching right now. I mean, there are people on the street corners right now saying the world is ending. There are people that are praying that haven't prayed in years. There are people finding us every Sunday. We're having somewhere between 1,500, 2,000 people watching our services. Why? Because people are seeking quest, are seeking God right now. They've got questions. They want, they, they want to know about God. They want to know what's happening here. And, and, they're not at peace and they want peace. So this is a good time to talk to people, people that you talked to in the past that were like, I'm not open. They're getting open now. So, 
So this, this relationship, the partner, the, the, the peer, this is really where we can help each other with love, with confession, with encouragement, with fulfilling the great, the greatest commandments in the whole Bible to love God, to love each other. This is what we're focused on and to fulfill the great commission to be fruitful disciples, fruitful Christians. This isn't everything. Believe me that we, you know, we could probably do a series for the next 10 weeks on this, but there's a lot more one another scriptures serving each other and bearing with each other and showing compassionate with each other, just a lot more. But, but these are some of the most important ones that we can put, get into right now. Bottom line is we got to help each other get to heaven. You know, is it's a, it's a, it could be a long way. It could be right around the corner. It could be a long way. And if it's going to be a long way, then we really need a lot of help to get there. So here's your closing questions for tonight in your groups. Um, question, what areas do I want or need to grow in? Share that. Here's something I want to, I want to be more loving. I want to be more encouraging. I want to, you know, think about people every day or whatever. Uh, what are some, who are some people who can help me? Who are some of the partners you need to have? You know, partner up with people in the gospel, in the gospel, right? You know what I mean? And, and, and be partners in the gospel and growing and discipling and becoming more like Jesus. You know, who are you going to the dojo with? Um, and, and who can I partner with? Who specifically? Who specifically should I be praying with every week? Should I be getting with every week? Nobody makes it alone. And, and, and don't just think, what do I need? Think, who can I help? Who can I encourage? Cause there's some people that they don't have a bunch of friends. Just because you have a bunch of friends doesn't mean they have a bunch of friends and need a friend. And we got to reach out to each other and be friends to each other. So that's it for tonight. Have a great Uh, discussion group. We'll see you on Sunday. Love you all. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.